Hey guys, it's Ao here. Uh, I just want to say that there will be no new Mind Theater episode on the 28th. I'm just going to take the next four weeks off, you know, with uh, kind of the end of the, end of the year and uh, winter break. And I will be back with a new episode next year on January 11th. So, you know, it's been a really incredible year for Mind Theater and just me doing this podcast. And I can't wait to give you new episodes and new content uh, next year. So, uh, other than that, uh, please enjoy the episode. Thanks. What kind of man are you? What kind of man are you? I mean, I'd understand if you came in here and socked me in the nose, whatever. I deserve it. I'm not proud of what I did. In our daily interactions, as we deal with the setbacks and pitfalls inherent in each of our individual plights, whether small or vast, we often find ourselves helpless to change our circumstances or to even simply understand them. Why does this happen to me, but this happens to them? What's going on and how can I control it? What am I meant to do? When met with this intense inability to push against the will and force of the universe, we can be left feeling less like active participants and drivers in control of our own lives, and more like absent-minded passengers, made to sit in the shadows watching life pass us by, in all of our insignificance. This theme of the unwilling protagonists battling against the complexities and absurdities of an overly cruel world is a theme made apparent in many works of Joel and Ethan Cohen, from Barton Fink to Fargo, to a serious man, the Coen brothers are expressly interested in portraying the struggle of the common man in uncommon circumstances, and it's no different in their 2001 crime film, The Man Who Wasn't There. Yeah, I worked in a barber shop, but I never considered myself a barber. I stumbled into it, or married into it more precisely. Trying to expand the it wasn't my establishment. Like the fellow says, I only work here. Which the, French, uh, are not known the dump was 200 feet square, three chairs, or stations as we call them, even though there are only two of us working. Helps, but, but this is my point. Uh, my point is that these traders and trappers would come to this country and get their pelts and the gold... The character Ed Crane is one most indifferent to his surroundings and the people in his life, willing to overlook what he sees as trivial, whether it be his slight annoyance towards over-chatty barbers or his wife being unfaithful in their marriage, cheating on him with her boss. His approach to life's problems, whether big or small, is one of indifference and quiet contemplation. More than anything, Ed isn't concerned with the politics of people or of analyzing the reason things happen in life with an overly keen eye. He maintains a stoic exterior, even as the circumstances of his life begin to twist and turn after he murders Doris's boss, Dave, in an act of self-defense. I'm all shut the hell. And they were. Uh, 
It's in the aftermath of this murder, life begins to showcase its inner complexities and absurdities to Ed and the audience. In a turn of confusion, irregularity, and mystifying circumstance, the death of Dave is pinned on Doris, who had been helping Dave embezzle money due to their more than friendly relationship. Her legal fees are used to hire lawyer Freddie Reidenschneider, who lives lavishly and expensively, crippling the cranes immensely as her brother Frank was forced to mortgage the barbershop. The trial proceeds underway, but ultimately results in the untimely death of Doris, as she hangs herself in her jail cell. To this point, heavily in debt and feeling more isolated than ever, that Frank turns to drinking heavily. Eventually, Ed Crane is arrested, but not for the murder of Big Dave, but for the murder of Tolliver, a patron of the barbershop with whom he'd hoped to get into the dry cleaning business with. As Ed is taken to court and the trial proceeds, the lines between fact and fiction blur as he's inseparably connected to the deaths of so many people, regardless of whether or not he's truly responsible for them. It would be too impossible to explain the intricacies and the technicalities behind his innocence in some regards, and his guiltiness in others. But it's true. I don't care. It's true. It's not true. It stinks. This uncertainty of what's true or false, in a crazy, unforgiving world, is a theme the movie attempts to consider. And uncertainty has its principles. One of the things posited in this film is the idea that the more you look into things, the less you truly know. The more specifics and details of a given circumstance we're made privy to, the more questions inevitably arise, born out of our fickle attempts to understand a complex, unanswering, unwavering universe. People like Ed attempt to pass through this world relatively unscathed, like ghosts shifting through life, slipping past the walls. The reason why people keep asking Ed what kind of man he is throughout the movie is because the more they've been given insight into his character, made more aware of the true crane behind the facade that is the common man who doesn't really care much, the more they're confused. Shaken by his ability to both affect his circumstances and his surroundings and his world in violent ways, but also, in a way, be made prisoner to them. At the mercy of a greater, higher power. At the mercy of an imperfect world. In our search for reason or meaning, we often come up empty-handed, succumbing to the dangerous side effects of merely existing in a world whose inner complexities evade us. And the closer we look to examine those complexities, the more things can't seem to escape us. We can attempt to look away, living life as passengers, not in control of our destination, but the moments in which we choose to glance out the window, wondering if we're there yet. Mind Theater is produced and written by me, Ayo Akingbade, in collaboration with Muckraker Media. For updates on the show, as well as my other content, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to show monetary support, the Ko-fi link is in the show notes. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.
I don't know where I'm being taken. I don't know what I'll find beyond the earth and sky. But I'm not afraid to go. Maybe the things I don't understand will be clearer there. Like when a fog blows away. Maybe Doris will be there. And maybe there, I can tell her. All those things, they don't have words for here.